for your goodness. Lord, we thank you we are who you say we are. Lord, that you said the truth. And so, Lord, we, we hold on to your truth of who you say we are, not who we think we are sometimes, but, Lord, who you say we are. Lord, help us to be all that you say we are. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I forgot one, one prayer request. Um, remember, Terry Banky's going to be having sh- shoulder rotor cuff surgery this sat- Friday, so keep him in prayers. He has surgery on Friday. Um, this morning, we are glad to have Joan Milliken with us this morning. Joan is Ron and Edith's daughter, and the reason she's up here is because Edith is going to turn 80 this week. So, <laughs> so um, come on up, Joan. Um, several, several, I don't know, a couple months. Boy, time travels, so I hate to say, but it's been a while that uh, Joan kind of shared this testimony with us at, when uh, Ron was having a surgery. And I thought, wow, what a, what a great testimony. So I've just asked her to come and just uh, share this with us today and then. Uh, we'll just think about this as she shares. Thank you, Joan. Thank you. Um, and I know she said next week you've got somebody sharing that sings. I don't sing. I'm just letting you know up front. My mom can sing, but I don't sing. You're just going to hear words from me. Although I'm going to tell the story, and then, and I'm trying to sit over here remembering, I think it was Paul Harvey that there's and the rest of the story. Do you remember that? Am I got the right person? So I'm going to tell you, but... My, my second half a page is the rest of the story. So when you think I'm done, I might not be quite done. Um, thank you for having me here. Like I say, we're here because we're celebrating mom's birthday. And she, um, when she knew I was coming and would be here on Sunday, she asked if I would come and just share my story. It's been six months, so I think I can do this without crying. <laughs> for the first couple months, there it just wasn't. But I, it's... It's good now, so I think I'll be okay, although I did put a little notes just to tell a couple things. Um, Some of you have had God things happen before, and some of you maybe never have, but they say a God thing is something that makes absolutely no sense at the time, but it's just one of those things that happened, and that's that's what I'm going to tell you is my little God thing that happened to me. Um, And I'm from the South. I've lived in North Carolina for... 35 years, and when I, when you'll, you'll hear me say unsweet tea, I know up here you just call it tea, but in the South for 35 years, everybody is sweet tea, and I still drink unsweet tea, so that's kind of a, so when you hear me say unsweet, you're like, why does she say that? It's just because I'm from the South, and you always have to clarify that it's not just tea that you drink, um, but I was driving, fr- in, I was in North Carolina, had been up in Virginia Beach was driving home to North Carolina. My husband has been working up in Maryland, coming home on the weekends, about a seven and a half hour drive. So I was almost, I had talked with my husband at lunch and he had gone into work late because he hadn't been feeling good. And he had been the last couple evenings when I talk with him every evening, it's like, yeah, I've got having the stomach pains. I'm just not feeling really good. And of course the wife would say, did you go to the doctor? Have you taken anything? Well, no. If it, Another day, if it gets bad, maybe I'll have to go to urgent care. But he hadn't done that. But he'd stayed home that morning. I talked with him at noon when I was leaving Virginia Beach, heading home. And he told me he had just gone into work because he had really felt bad that morning, which is very unlike him. So I'm 
in North Carolina, about an hour and a half from home. I'd been on the road three, three or four hours already. And I get a phone call, pops up on my car, you know, call from Craig. Hey, Craig. And it was a lady. I'm thinking, why? It says call from Craig. Why is there a woman on the phone? Well, this is Allie. Um, I'm in the ambulance with your husband. I'm the, and he wanted me to call you. I'm like, whoa, wait, right there. He said, he knew you're on your way home, and you might want to turn around and just head up to Maryland because we've got him in the ambulance. He passed out at work, and um, we're taking him to the hospital. So, you know, get off that very next exit, turn around. Where am I going? You know, punching it in the GPS as I'm talking to. He's alert and awake. We just not sure what's happened. And I'm thinking, okay, stomach, it's probably ulcer. You know, we, all the stress removing, you know, not, I'm worried, but I'm not freaking out because, you know, he's been hurting for a couple of days. That's just what it is. So I'm driving back to Maryland, which, you know, when you punch that in, okay, now I've got six hours to drive. I was in, you know, I've already been on the road four hours, you know, I've got about six hours. So driving and hadn't heard anything for, you know, a while, but I'm not, like I said, I'm not really freaking out. And I was 90 miles, you know, you're watching that GPS, I'm 90 miles away from the hospital, and I get another phone call. And, well, before I, I was 90 miles away, and I like, you don't have them a lot up here, but Chick-fil-A has, like, the best tea. McDonald's is second, but Chick-fil-A has really good tea. And it's like, and I had been on the road, you know, a long time. I had missed lunch, I'm just driving, and I said, I think I just need a tea. I need some caffeine. So, and Chick-fil-A is what I really like. And I'm on 95, so it's four lanes. And, of course, I'm in the fast lane. And there's a sign. There's a Chick-fil-A. It's, oh, dang, I missed it. But, um, you know, that's really what I wanted. So I, but I started, you know, trying to get over when I saw it. But I couldn't get over all the lanes fast enough to get to that Chick-fil-A. And literally two exits down, there's another Chick-fil-A. So it's like, oh, yes, I can get my tea. So I had pulled off the ramp and had pulled, I was pulling into the Chick-fil-A parking lot, just going to go through the drive-thru, and I get a phone call, call from Craig, his phone. So I just pulled into a parking place, like, okay, you know, I'm going to get an update. And it was the emergency room doctor. And the emergency room doctor said, you know, I'm with your husband, and we figured out what it is. And he I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, emergency room doctor, why are you telling me you're so sorry? And he said, I, you know, I'm with your husband. He said, but he, um, I talked with him and he, I asked, what can I do for you? And he said, you have to call my wife. So I'm calling you. He said, we've, we've done a scan. He has an abdominal aortic aneurysm and it's ruptured. He said, I'm just so sorry. You need to prepare yourself. I don't think he's got a chance. And I'm like, but I'm 90 miles away. And of course, you start crying. I'm 90 miles away. I'm, I'm coming. I'm, I've still got an hour and a half. I'm on my way. No, ma'am, you're not coming to this hospital. I've ordered a helicopter. We're going to life flight him to Washington, D.C. If he's got any kind of a chance, the, peop- the doctors in D.C. will be the ones to, you know, it's the only chance we've got. But you need to prepare yourself. You just need to prepare yourself. And he just kept saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. And so I'm sitting there, and it's like, he gives me the address of the next hospital. And I punched that in, and it was 92 miles, except it's in D.C. Like, I've got to go all the way through the D.C. traffic 
and, you know, get all the way through there. And already it was like 5.15 at that point. So even though it was 90 miles, it was a lot more than an hour and a half to get down to there. And he just kept saying, he said, well, I want you to talk to you. Can, I'm going to let you talk to your husband. The, ambul- the helicopter's not here yet. So he let me talk to him, and he sounded fine. And it's like, you say I love you. And, um, but it's like, I'm not saying goodbye. You know, he's not saying goodbye. And I just said, I'll see you in D.C. And, of course, you don't know my husband. But he's like, well, I sure hope so. <laughs> you know, was this little comment, like, I, I sure hope you will. And um, so, you know, I hang up the phone, and I get, I'm sitting there. And, of course, I had called my son because he was, um, he's in the Coast Guard. He's at a search and rescue station. And I had called him when I was on the way to the first hospital. It's like, oh, mom, do you need me to come? Like, no, you know, wait till I get there and I'll let you know. So, of course, I call him and my daughter is at the Naval Academy and she was offshore. So Brad is like, you know, I need you. So Brad's like, I'll get Kelly, you know, just stay there, mom. Where are you? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm at a Chick-fil-A parking lot. I couldn't have told you the town I was in, what I was near. I just, I'm 90 miles from the hospital. That's all I knew. And um, so he said, I'll get it. You know, we'll get the Coast Guard. We'll get Kelly's ship. We'll get her off. You know, we'll get her there. And that piece of it, both of my children made it to the D.C. hospital within an hour of when I got there. Um, But I'm sitting there in the parking lot, you know, go through this. And then I'm getting ready to back out. And Brad's like, wait, you know, he's maybe two hours. He said, just wait, Mom, I'll drive with you. And I'm like, no, I'm... I'm leaving, I'm going. Can you drive? I'm like, well, I have to, you know, I have to. So I'm in the parking lot, and I go to back out, and this is the God thing. It's like, you've just been told your husband's not going to survive. I'm bawling. Got off the farm of the ER, and in my mind, I need a tea. I've got, to, I pulled in here to get that tea. I need my tea. And why, people say that, like, Mom, how can you even think that you still need a tea? You know, you've got to get on the road. But I needed that tea. So I back out of the parking lot, and the Chick-fil-A's around us, you know, they're just, they're always long lines in the drive-thru, two drive-thru lanes. And I backed out of that parking lot, and the, the outside lane had three cars. The inside lane had nobody. So I pull up through the lane, and I'm just, you know, when you're bawling, you're just kind of shaking. And there's a girl standing there, which they do a lot instead of just the windows. And she's like, ma'am, you know, are you okay? And I'm like, no, but I need a tea. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I just, I need an unsweet tea. I'm like, I don't want food. I just needed that tea. And she tells me, and I'm like fumbling for my purse, trying to, like, I can't even get my purse off the side. Just, just drive to the window. Just drive to the window. You don't, don't pay me. Just drive to the window. So I pulled up to the window, and it was a skinny little black girl, teenager, maybe early 20s in the window. And I remember pulling up, went right up to the window. And you know how you're just, you're still shaking. And I'm like, I reach up there and I, she's like, ma'am, she said, are you okay? And I'm like, no. She said, can I come out there? You know, are you sure you can drive? She's asking me. And I'm like, no, you can't come out here. I have to drive. And she said, what can I do for you? And I just looked up at her in the drive through window. And I said, just pray for my husband. And this little girl, this little girl, she just leaned out of the drive through window and she leaned into my car and she just took a hold of my shoulders and it was dear lord just be with this la-. and she just prayed 
and she just, I mean, literally leaned out the window and she was just holding me and it was just like I could feel myself, I mean, I'm still bawling, but I could feel myself starting to relax. It's like, okay, you can do this. God is with you. Um, that, you know, he can get there. And she hands me my tea. <laughs> and I, you know, get back on the road. And um, it's, it's one of those things. It made no sense. But I, I know in my heart that God knew what was going on. He got me off the highway. If I had been in the fast lane of four lanes of traffic when that emergency room doctor had called me, um, I don't know if I could have gotten off even to the side of the road without when you just can't see anything. But he knew that that little girl was working, not that first Chick-fil-A, but at that second one, she was in that drive through because I needed her to be there. And I said, it's one of those that how many times have people said they're ta- telling you about something's going on in their family or their um you know, their life. Oh, just what can I do? Just pray for me. Oh, yes, I'll pray for you. You know, I'll add you to my prayers or you say that all the time. But this little girl, when I said just what, you know, what can I do for you, ma'am? And I said, pray for my husband. She just did. She just stopped and she just did it. And I said, if that, if I, how many people I've told this story, I said, if I could just tell anybody if you if you think of this story and you think of one the next time when somebody says what can I do and it's pray for me just do it Um, because it made all the difference to me and getting me to DC and getting me safely there because she just stopped and said somebody taught that little girl you know she wasn't very old she wasn't my age she wasn't even in her 30s but somebody taught her. She's had an example that if we can be an example for somebody else or if somebody, you know, if just that ever comes up and you're able to just stop right then. If, you're, if you don't have the, I don't know what you want to call it, where you think you can just stop and hold on to somebody and pray out loud. If you're not at that point, at least stop at that minute and and do that prayer right then even if they see you if you can't say it out loud you know at that point but it it made the world of difference to me um there are two when I to to finish from there when I got to the hospital I was actually you know you've got the GPS I drive lots of miles and I was like six miles from the hospital and my phone rang and it wasn't Craig's phone. It was a DC number. I knew by the area code. It's a it was a Virginia number. And it's like, and I'm driving like, oh no, you are not telling me that he did not make it. Like I did not want to answer that phone. After you come off with a call from the emergency room doctor telling you just to prepare yourself, I'm like, I'm six miles away. You know, I'm not taking that call. But it was actually the one of the life flight nurses. And she was calling. She said, I just want to let you know he's in surgery. She said, I was with him. We, you know, had him pumped through everything. We had everything on the, the helicopter that we needed that, to keep him alive till he got here. We pushed him. The doctor was 
already in the operating room, scrubbed and waiting for him when he got there. And she said, we got him off the helicopter. And she said, I wheeled him into the operating room, and he made it to surgery. So at that point, the emergency room doctor originally said, you know, we don't know if he'll make it to surgery, let alone if he makes it to surgery, he's probably got a 50-50 chance. So at least at that point, even before I got to the hospital, I knew that with that phone call, I knew he made it to surgery. And so it's like, okay, you know, at that point, in my mind, it's like, he's going to make it. If he made it into surgery, I knew, I knew he would get it from there. Um, I've had, since then, I've had a lot of different uh, Bible verses that I've thought about about this, but there's two that I'm going to read you that are really short. Um, the first one is Psalm 127, 107, 28. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. And the other one that has been very powerful is Isaiah forty twenty nine, and that's he gives strength to the weary. And I think both of those um, are very helpful. The, my Paul Harvey, the rest of the story, um, most of you probably know, at least you know parts of this part, but in May, this happened July 5th, is when this happened to my husband. In May, my daddy was diagnosed with an abdominal aortic aneurysm, a triple A. I had never heard of that before in my life. But after he went, he went to the, um, to the surgeon, he was diagnosed with that. And his was a 2.5 centimeters is what they told us at the time. I wasn't with him, but one of my sisters was at the appointment. And what the doctor told daddy was, it's a 2.5, we'll, we have to watch it. You know, we'll do a scan about every six months, and we'll keep an eye on it when it gets big. You know, when we see it, you know, as it begins to grow, we need to do surgery and put stents in. Because if it gets to about a 5.5 or if it ruptures, you'll just, you won't make it, is what they told dad. You know, once it gets up in the fives, you know, so we'll just keep an eye on it. So I'd never heard of a AAA, but in May, two months before this happened to my husband, I'm Googling everything. You know, I learned everything about a AAA. So when the, when the emergency room doctor called me and told me what it was, and then he said it had ruptured, I knew exactly what that meant because we'd researched everything when we found out Daddy had that. And when he said it had ruptured, it's like, but the doctor said you don't survive a rupture. You know, and so I knew in my mind, I knew how bad it was. I wasn't, if it had been two months before, I really wouldn't have realized how bad it was. So because it had ruptured, Craig had a really, um, the, first the first month was really, really rough. He was in ICU for a little over a week. Um, and... He is back at work, unrestricted, doing great, stop smoking after 40 years. Number one um, cause, smoking, is hereditary and smoking are the big factors, and he has, has not had a cigarette since. In fact, the doctor said something. Now, when, did he, when we were there at the hospital, he had asked about, and you're, you quit smoking? And Craig's like, yeah. And I said, yeah, tell him how long ago. He said, like, the couple hours before you put me on that helicopter, that was my last cigarette. <laughs> um, 
But um, dad has three stents from heart attacks from two previous surgeries before we found out his, um, that he had the AAA. And, I mean, it's straight from the medical journals. It says, ruptured abdominal aortic aneurysm is one of the most fatal emergency surgeries with an overall mortality rate of 90 to 95%. That's just straight there. So dad was diagnosed in May. He was scheduled to have a scan in November, right before Thanksgiving is when they scheduled his six-month follow-up. This is my rest of the story. So the emergency room doctor and the surgeon told, um, told Craig that it's very, it can be very hereditary and, you know, smoking or signs. And after we got home, once he got out of the hospital, he'd been, it was maybe about three weeks after his surgery, towards the end of July, we were talking one night, and Craig's like, you know, he said, I probably need to tell your dad what it felt like when, before this happened, because Craig felt bad a couple days before. He said, I probably need to call your dad and tell him. He said, and I, I need to tell your brothers, because if your dad has one, your brothers are more susceptible to it. So, you know, I, I need to go ahead and tell him. So we did a conference call so mom could hear it too and told him what the symptoms and everything. Craig told daddy what it felt like. And it was less than a week later that dad looked at mom one day and said, you know, I'm having a pain. It's a different pain in my back. I don't know if I'm just being paranoid because I know I have the same thing Craig has or if if there's something wrong, he said, but maybe we should go to the doctor and just have him do another scan. And mom's like, yeah, maybe we better do that. So they call the family doctor and then they get the scan scheduled. You know, it wasn't like they went straight to the surgeon and got it scheduled, but they got a scan and his aneurysm when he had his scan was a 5.5. And that is what Craig's was when it had ruptured. They said Craig's was between a 5.5 and a 6 centimeter. So um, dad had to wait three days to get an appointment with the surgeon. And, of course, he told mom not to call and tell me. <laughs> and mom did because she knew she had to. <laughs> and it's one of those, it's just like you want to say, Daddy, just don't move. Just, like, sit in a chair for three days and don't move. Like, do you know the hospital? Because at his age, you know, if it did rupture, I mean, Craig was, my husband's 60. Um, but he saw his surgeon on Friday, and they scheduled daddy's surgery for Tuesday, the following Tuesday. So my dad's surgery was four weeks and two days after my husband's. Um. I asked the surgeon because I obviously came up for that one as well. And dad's, um, the surgeon said he never would have made it until November for that follow-up scan. Um, because his surgery was in August and he, he never would have made it for that. Because dad's aneurysm was caught before it ruptured, he had an overnight observation in the hospital and is fine. <laughs> Where Craig's rupture was many, many weeks and, and months of recovery. But that's my rest of the story from there. Um, but, you know, why why I still had to have that tea after they told me my husband wasn't going to make it. It was a God thing. 
that he knew he knew that that girl was there and um and that she she needed to be and that that's what I needed at that point so that's my little that's my little moral of the story <laughs> but thank you for letting me share <laughs> yeah when you when you can get done well that's my little story I thought yeah yeah depends it depends how you look at it um just a couple of things I want to share. You know, this morning in Sunday school, we were talking about God is the God of all comfort. No matter how it comes to us. You know, and, you know, I always thought about that little girl. You know, little girl, willing to pray. And what was she doing? She was bringing God's comfort. But what if she wouldn't have? You know, and the, you know, but she was. So God, he planned all that. But she had to be willing to do it. You know, and there's times when we have to be willing to do what it is God wants us to do because he's going to bring comfort to people through you and me. And so we have to be willing to do that. We have to be willing to, to step out. You know, she, she took a risk, maybe. I don't know. She probably didn't think about it. I don't think she probably thought about it. But, you know, to reach into somebody's car, you know, to reach down through a window, that was quite an effort in and of itself. But, you know, she was willing to pray at that moment when it was necessary. You know, and how important it is for us to do what it is at the moment when God calls us and wants to use us. Wants to use us. Doesn't matter who we are. You know, just willing to let him use us because he's the God of all comfort. He's the God of all comfort. And he does it through us a lot of times. He usually does it through people. You know, he uses people to bring comfort to others. And so we just have to be mindful of that. And the other thing I thought about was, and we sang this morning, God is so good. And, you know, you just, you just think about all the things that had to happen in that story, you know, of everything that had to happen for him to be okay. And, you know, God was so good. God was so good. So just, you know, just remember he's good. He's good to you. He's good to me. And he wants to use us. He wants us to be used to bring comfort to people around us, to people around us that are struggling. Or going. We don't know what they're going through. And I, that girl had, I mean, she still has no idea. She still has no idea, which is kind of neat. She has no idea what happened, and she has no idea that people in Ohio are talking about her today. <laughs> you know, so that's good. Let's all stand. Heavenly Father, we just do thank you for your goodness, Lord. We thank you for your faithfulness to us. Lord, just help us to, to trust you and to know that you're there. Lord, help us to be sensitive to opportunities to bring comfort to others. Lord, we might be used by you. Lord, we might just uh, bring that cup of water in Jesus' name. The simple things, Lord, we, we sometimes make it way too difficult. So, Lord, just help us to be willing to be used by you. Lord, we just thank you for that. Lord, I just ask you to just continue to guide us, be with us as we go forth today. And, Lord, just help us to be sensitive, to pay attention to what's going on around us so that we can see opportunities for you to use us. We just thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.